You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. In today's episode, I'm having a conversation with Carissa Quaddy of changeyourfinances.com, where she helps women experience true peace of mind about money. After years of stress and worry, Carissa learned to manage money, eliminating her debt in less than two years and saving nearly $80,000 to pay cash for her husband's college degree. Like what? She has helped over 1,500 women create a better financial future and gain confidence handling money. So I am so excited for her to add a few more women to that list on Thrive Today. Be sure to stay tuned through this episode. Drop us your thoughts on social media. Head to changeyourfinances.com slash Thrive Podcast to get a totally free gift for you. And without further ado, welcome Carissa. Thank you, Erica. Thank you for having me on. It's such an honor and pleasure. Oh, it's awesome. And as my husband would very happily tell anybody, I am not the best with money. And accounting was never my strong suit. Like, I'd much rather not have to deal with it. So I'm so stoked (laughs) that you're here in case I am not the only person here who's like, "Uh, I I like having it, but do I like managing it? Mm depends. (laughs) Well, maybe you'll have a different perspective after our talk today because I just love helping women go from stressed out and scared about money to confidently handling it with peace of mind, being able to take care of their families and do the things they really want to do. So hopefully I can change your perspective by the time today. (laughs) I love it. So let's jump right in with all about you. I want to know what's your background, your story, and how you came to this place that you are at today where you're helping so many women literally go from surviving to thriving with their personal finances. Well, it all started in the grocery store. I was right next to the flour and the chocolate chips and I was struggling to hold back tears because I had just counted up my grocery cart and realized I was overspending again. I was so frustrated with myself, like, why couldn't I do this? I I mean, here I am, I'm newly married and, you know, I'm trying to manage everything. And I just felt like such a failure with money. And see, money was really stressful for me. It made me panic. Uh, We both brought debt into our marriage. I had my car loan, he had his student loans and his credit card, but it all fell upon me because I was the sole provider putting my husband through school and it was just so stressful and so chaotic and like made me panic every time I thought about money. But somewhere in the middle of all that chaos, Erica, I had this small little dream to see my husband graduate debt free. Now. How on earth were we going to do that? I had no idea. (laughs) Money was super tight and we had the debt to clear out and I had to figure out how to pay cash for school. So I stumbled along the best I could and about two years later I looked up and I realized if we could come up with a couple hundred dollars today, we could be debt free by the end of the day. So I had my husband come in 
push the submit payment, it was his student loan. And as I watched those numbers drop to zero, I didn't realize that that day on March 17, 2010 would be a defining moment in my life. Uh, instantly, there was peace of mind as I headed into a slow work period. And even though nothing about our circumstances have changed, money was still tight. Uh, you know, my income was regular, but there was this peace of mind because we didn't have these payments going out. And so at that point, when I paid off my debt, I still didn't like money. <laughs> so, uh, but having that peace of mind, like really kind of challenged me to like, okay, this is stressful. I don't like dealing with the stress, so I need to figure out how to, how to handle it well. And as a Christian, I just looked to the Bible because that's where I find inspiration for my entire life, how I run my life. And so I started applying those principles that I found in the Bible about money and they worked. I was able to figure out budgeting. I was able to uh, just really overcome my fear of money and over the next few years, save up almost $80,000 to pay cash for my husband's education. But here's the real big thing. Like as I started doing this, Friends and family were watching they're like, Carissa, how did you pay off that debt so quickly? How are you paying cash for school? Like, how are you doing this? And so I shared the tips that I learned, you know, that I was learning and applying myself. I started sharing it with them and realized that they were working for them too. And at, it was at that point, I really decided to dedicate my life to helping other women who are where I was scared and stressed out about money and help them simplify money so that they can handle it with confidence, have peace of mind and take care of their families. Which I mean is like everyone's dream, right? That's so fabulous that you've done that. I also, I love on your website too, and you just mentioned it here. So I'm so glad you did. You mentioned that you're doing all of this from a biblical perspective too, which is so cool because I feel like a lot of people, if you're not well-versed in the Bible, probably don't actually know that you can get that sort of inspiration and education from it. So can you explain what that actually means for everyone listening and maybe what that approach actually looks like for you? Absolutely. So in the Bible, there is more than, I want to say 2,500 verses. I don't know the exact number. I need to look that up. But talking about money, and there's more talking about money than there is even uh talking about heaven and you know they're all simple principles none of them is like super complicated or crazy or anything but when you apply these principles to your life to your money you see the fruit of that you see the blessings that come from that and so that's where I really uh, learn my money management for myself but then I just feel like I need to share it with other people and here's the other thing I have seen, I mentioned I had an irregular income. I have had a irregular income for years. And as an independent contractor, I would have to get a certain number of hours every week to really make ends meet. And I have seen time after time after time where every single week I get the exact number of hours I need, or I got more, and then maybe another week I got less, but it all balanced out. And then when, you know, a big unexpected expense came up, I saw how God provided for it. 
even though I stressed out and I freaked out and I did all the things, you know, and so I can't separate faith and finances because of those two things. Mm -hmm. No, I can totally relate to that. Also having an irregular income where there's some times where you're like, all right, God, like I'm really uncomfortable. Please do something. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. And then literally right at the last minute, something will come in and you're like, all right, love that. But can we get a little bit sooner? Why do I doubt? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I got it. I have to be patient and have faith, but it's truly crazy. (laughs) Yes. Well, that having that irregular income and dealing with money has definitely grown my faith in leaps and bounds more than probably any other area really Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about that later too, because okay. that's, that's, uh, you and I can both relate to that very much. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who can too, but I wanted to, um, maybe for people who also have regular income too, do you see many misconceptions about money or saving or budgeting or whatever in the work that you do? Things that maybe people they think or they automatically assume might be true or hard that maybe aren't as bad or challenging as they're believing it to be? Well, there's a lot. Uh, first of all, it's a um, the biggest one I see is I don't have enough money to start to budget. And budgeting, this actually goes right into the free gift that I have. Uh, a budget is just simply an intentional plan for your money. It's not a um, like throwing all your receipts onto a pile and trying to figure them out, like all these faded numbers all day Saturday, like I used to do. That's not budgeting, but budgeting is simply an intentional plan for your money where you decide what's important to you and you're in control. And a lot of people come to me and they say, I don't have money to budget. I don't have enough to budget. And what I come back and say, well, budgeting actually helps you when you feel like you don't have enough because when you don't have enough money here's what is happening you don't know where your money is going it's coming in it's going out and you're trying to pay the bills and whatever is the most emergent bill you have to like scramble to pay for that but when you sit down and you list all of your expenses in order and i have a free budget worksheet for you at changeyourfinances.com slash thrive podcast. And this is a budget worksheet, so don't don't have to take notes on it. But when you list your four essentials at the top of your budget, food, lights and water, housing and transportation, and then you list everything else in order of priority, a ton of money stress goes away. And a lot of women who use this worksheet come back and say, you know what? I realized I have more money than I thought I did. I just didn't know where it was going. So that's one big misconception is that you have to have a certain number to start budgeting. Another one is that they are a failure with money Mm. and they can never do it right. And so they don't even try. And money management, is a skill that none of us were born with. So take that pressure off, but it's a skill that all of us can learn and we can improve. And with a simple system like I teach, I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be stressful and complicated. It can be super easy 
you can just have a system and a plan to follow and that just makes it so much better but i see women all the time coming to me you know and they have all this debt have no idea where their money's going and they're all stressed out and after working with me in my program uh my system that they are able to manage it and they're able to pay off the debt they're able to save money and they're able to stick to a budget for the first time in their entire life so you can do it it's totally not something that's unattainable and i find it can it's doable for anybody mm -hmm. if, if a listener has never budgeted before ever where would you tell them to start actionably uh download that free gift that free budget worksheet that i'm giving you and I walk you through how to set up where I, um, you have those four essentials at the top. Because when your family's needs are taken care of, you can breathe. Mm -hmm. uh, you also have the mental ability to be able to tackle if you have a lot of debt, to be able to find creative ways to pay it off. Or if saving's your goal, you can find new ways to save. But when you're worried about making sure there's enough money for groceries at the end of the month or that you have enough money for rent or a mortgage, that kind of stress clouds your whole vision mm -hmm. on how to handle money. So download the worksheet, that first one, but then just follow it. And the, I love what I love about this prioritized budget method is that it's super simple to set up and then it's easy to stick to because 95% of the items on your budget from month to month are the same. Mm -hmm. And there's a few things, you know, maybe you have a whole bunch of birthdays this month, so that's a little bit of a change. But it also is very powerful because it helps you intentionally put extra money towards the debt or the savings goals or whatever. Because how many times do we're like, I have all this money at the beginning of the month. I'm like, sure, I'll make all this progress on whatever my goal is. And then you get to the end of the month and you don't even have money for groceries. Yeah. This system will change all of that. This method will change that. I love that too, because you talk so much about how you're really kind of simplifying it by getting all of the, the big stressors that are the things that truly wig people out at the end of the day, you know, like the essentials people are afraid of getting kicked out of their house or not having food on the table. So to be able to lay that out right away and see it in front of you and go, yep, it's taken care of is automatically such a weight off of people's shoulders, mm -hmm. which I'm sure everybody can appreciate. <laughs> yes. And those are, that's what really changed my perspective from hating and panicking about money to being able to handle it with confidence is when I move those four things to the top. And then I listed everything else in order of priority. And that made such a difference. And that's probably really where the turning point was into how I approach money. That's awesome. When it comes to money mindset. I know I learned a bit about this um, in one of the You Are a Badass books a few years ago and also from Think and Grow Rich. Can you explain what a money mindset is and maybe how our beliefs or our limiting beliefs or our relationship with money for whatever, whatever reason, how that can really impact how we spend and how we save? Money mindset is just kind of a fancy word for how you think about money. <laughs> I know I was like, at first, when I first heard that term a few years ago, I'm like, I don't know what money mindset is, but <laughs> it's, 
it's just basically how you think about money and how you think about money has been shaped by uh, the family you grew up in, the role models you had. And that's what I find a lot of women, they feel like such a failure because one, when you come down to it, like their role model, their family around them as they were growing up, they didn't know how to handle money. And or those same people, for whatever reason, are like, you can't do it. You're always going to fail at that. So why even try like and you got all these messages. And then I think we attach, especially as women, uh, security. You know, we want to feel secure and money, having money in the bank and being able to pay our bills brings some security. And so what I find is that when you kind of change that to really looking at who God is and how he is providing for you and his character and that he always does provide for you and he will take care of you and to like trust in him and you know to have a simple plan to follow when you and looking at it as a skill like you know driving a car none of us knew how to drive or park when we first got it behind the wheel right but we learned it we kept practicing and we kept doing it and you have if you have a good teacher you can learn anything and so i want you to look at it as you know whatever mistakes i've made in the past whatever messages i've told myself i've been told whatever role models that's all valid you know that's all legit but that doesn't have to define who you are in fact it doesn't and it also doesn't define what your financial future will look like. That all can change. Since you mentioned God again, can you explain maybe, do you have any favorite verses or favorite connections to kind of illustrate how these two things come together? Because I feel like there's so many misconceptions that people have where you see people might sit back and, and make fun of Christians and say, oh, well, you guys are just sitting there. Like, what are you doing? Just sitting and hoping for God to send dollar bills down from the sky? Like, so where where do you see that realistic connection between like your faith and waiting and praying for providence financially versus what you're doing in your everyday life to set the pieces up to fall into place, if that makes sense. Like where, how do you kind of think of that and what do you recommend in terms of others adopting that same kind of biblical perspective with it? Well, one thing that really has stood out to me, and this has just been really recent, um, is I've read a couple books by Philip Keller. The shepherd looks at, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23 and a shepherd looks at, the good shepherd and the sheep. And I was just blown away at how much the good shepherd, which is also, you know, a, a allegory for God, that he goes before us and he prepares for us and he takes care of us. And so to having that perspective has really impacted me in the last couple of months to just know how much he has provided. And even if it's a hard season, you know, where there's a lot of bills or there's a lot of debt, like he's still taking you through it to a better place. And so that's one way to really kind of change your mindset. But then, um, and I think I lost your your question to know if I'm on track. Uh, you said to know, tell me your question again, so I can make Basically. sure I'm Sure, no, sorry. Basically just connecting between 
that faith that God will provide versus maybe what the realities that people are facing, you know, like how if someone is really struggling in debt or, you know, what if it's someone who just lost their house for financial mm -hmm. reasons or law or is really kind of in the in the dumps of it all and is struggling to see how God is financially providing or how God is involved in it at all. If it feels very much like they feel forsaken through it. Mm -hmm. How can you kind of remedy that in your head and still maintain faith that God's looking out and providing mm -hmm. from this financial standpoint? Well, I mean, having that mindset that God does go above and beyond in ways we don't even see to provide and that he provides in numerous ways. You know, he provides, sometimes he provides with getting a check in the mail. You know, that's that prayer and that faith thing. But other times he also provides by giving you a job and the ability to work. Uh, he's given you the might, the ability to kind of organize your finances. And he helps you every step of the way. I know, like when I was working so hard to pay for school for my husband and support my family, it was just, you know, I was working a lot. And... God really, I know he gave me the strength. He gave me the opportunities to work. And he also helped me endure that season. And so to look at all of this as, you know, he's provided in these ways. And yes, he still wants you to work. He doesn't want you to sit on the couch and like, okay, God, um, pay all my. Show me the money. Off, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, there's, he wants you to take part in it because as you take part in it, then he's able to give you additional blessings, you know, the strength to get through it. You know, another thing that came out of that whole season for me was I don't have the need to look at somebody else and try and emulate their lifestyle. I don't have the need to buy all the fancy, fancy, whatever gadget or whatever, because I have realized through that whole process what's important is my family's important and my family's financial needs are important and it's okay to take care of them. Even if you don't have the fanciest car, even if you don't have the nicest house, even if you can't take all the vacations, it's okay to take care of your family and to really, um, he uses you with your job and your provision to provide for your family. And I think that's just such an honor. Absolutely. I love that you said that too, because I feel like that's such a misconception that many of us have at some point or another in life where you're sitting thinking you know what you want or need and you're like, God, I need $100. So you need to give me $100. And like you just said, that could show up. Prayers can be answered in other ways and they're still answered. So he can give an opportunity to make it yourself. And you're kind of like, all right, God, I kind of just wanted the hundred bucks. Like, do I really need to do X, Y, Z to get there? And it's like, well, yes, because you were equipped in some specific way. And that in and of itself can be the blessing, not just here you go. Here is your money. <laughs> so you can still get to your end destination, but God might just give you the map to get there instead of like the, the teleportation to right. the end <laughs> result. Like you might, he might say, here's your map. Here's your GPS. Like here's your car. You have to get in and turn your GPS on and follow your map and get there. Not just let me move you from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. Well, and one thing I've learned too is that, you know, God has given each of us a gift mm -hmm. and he wants you to share it. 
And too often when you're struggling with money and you're worried about your family's basic needs, like that holds you back from being able to use that gift. And I'm not necessarily saying that you need to have your, your bills in order so that you can be just giving money. I mean, that could be part of it, but your gift could be just uh, participating in some cause that's really dear to your heart in your community or bettering your community. And one thing I love about helping women with their finances is that when they change their finances, it changes them. They're not stressed out and scared about money. They're confident. They're able to take care of everything, but it changes their family too. Because when mom isn't stressed about money, everybody's happier. But then it also, women will go out into their community. They will give more, they will help other people. And it's this huge ripple effect that you have such a, God has given each of us such a intentional, um, ability to make an impact. And a lot of it starts with getting your finances in order so that you mm -hmm. can do that. Walk us through the process of getting rid of your debt in less than two years. Like, how did you do it? Because debt can feel so daunting for people. And that was obviously such a big part of your story. And I'm sure there's people listening going like, okay, yeah, right. Like, what, what, do you have like a hundred bucks on your credit card statement that you paid off? Or like, what are we talking here? So can you share how you actually did that so that maybe some listeners can, can realize that they can do it too? Sure. Uh, now I didn't have a ton of debt. We had about, I think a little less than like 700, 7,800 or something like that. I don't remember the exact number, but it was 20% of my income that first year. So it did feel like a lot. Now, how did I do it? To be honest, I stumbled through it. I didn't have a good plan. I paid off whatever I felt like paying off. Uh, I didn't cut my expenses so I could pay it off sooner. Um, I just kind of stumbled along. Uh, sometimes I'd have extra money and I'd throw extra money at it, but I just kind of really kept going on. And so like to have that paid off in two years, is kind of a surprise and a huge blessing, but what I have learned since then is having a simple plan really makes a huge difference where, and I like to use the debt snowball method where you list all of your debts in order of smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate. And the reason why is because when you're able to pay as much as you can on that smallest debt and get it off, get it paid off as quickly as possible, there's emotional benefits to it you are getting that quick win. So that quick win is telling your brain, hey, maybe I can pay this off. Hey, maybe this won't be going on forever, like it feels like. And then your brain likes that feeling. So like, okay, how can we get more money? How can we cut more expenses? How can we do other things to get this paid off faster? And it proves to you that you can do it. And so, and it gives you hope as well as a plan to follow. And so that's the method I really teach now is to just do that debt snowball and it works. It's very effective. Uh, a lot of the women who work, who come under me and work with me have paid off thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in debt in just a few years following this method. In fact, one lady, I just got a message the other day 
uh, she said, I'm so excited because I paid off my uh, debt. What did she pay off her car loan? And she got down from $11,000 in debt to $4,500 using this debt snowball method. And she was so excited because she's like, $4,500 now seems like nothing. I can get through that. That's awesome. I, I do my to-do list the same sort of way where I like having, I'll put the smallest, most seemingly minute things on the list just because I know it's an easy win to cross off and then it just gives yeah. you just enough momentum where you can be like, all right, I got this. Like sometimes I'll write, take a shower, like things yep. that you absolutely <laughs> know you've got it covered. And it, you're right. Like it just, it switches your mindset just enough where you just kind of feel, you feel like a winner for a hot second. And you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing it. I can keep going. And it just keeps, it keeps building from there. So that it makes sense. <laughs> it works. It's so effective. And I'm, I'm a to-do list crosser offer too. So I definitely love that approach. Totally. So if someone is, they want to start saving more. So once you've, you've got rid of the debt, you're working on budgeting and now you're focused on, all right, now I think I can save a little bit more and be more proactive about the future for investing or saving for whatever, but you're scared of big money talk. Are there any small shifts or small changes that a listener can make right now, today, that can start that compound process, that can start compounding in her life to kind of get that ball rolling? Uh, so it sounds like you're bringing up two separate conversations. One is the big money talk, and I'm assuming that's with your spouse. And the second one is saving more. So the saving more is I think you really need to bring in the emotional side in uh, where you aren't just saving money. I'm saving for something. So like what, and this kind of ties into the big money talk with your spouse. If you're really trying to change your finances, to start budgeting, to start saving, paying off debt, talk to your spouse first about, hey babe, if we uh, pay off all our debt, if we have money in savings, like, what would our life look like? Would we travel? Would we buy that house we've always wanted? And you dream together. And those are several conversations. And then as you get those dreams down, then you kind of come through and say, okay, to get there, here's how we can do it. Now to save more, uh, there's a couple ways you can do it. Like first have that thing that you're saving for, that you know, maybe it's a house, maybe it's a car, maybe it's whatever it is. And so have that that we're working towards. And then I like having the intentional budget, that prioritized budget, because you really can tell where your money is going and you can really tell it to go into savings. And so what I like to do uh, for a couple easy things is, you know, your regular monthly expenses may not be as set in stone as you think. So one example I love to do is every six months when my car insurance comes up, I email my broker and I ask her to check and see if there's a better rate. Mm. And if there is, I change, I change companies so I can get the better rate. And so then, you know, things like that, where it's regular monthly bills and you can cut that down and still have the quality of life that you want, that means it's just regular extra savings. But here's the kicker. You can't just cut down a bill 
and you're like, yay, you know, you can't, you have to be intentional with that money and immediately transfer. So what I like to do is say that car insurance, I kept that, you know, say it was uh, 150 a month. And then I was able to get a better rate to 118. So now I take that, I keep that 150 in my budget line because I'm used to paying it. But then I take the 150, subtract the 118 and that difference, I immediately put into savings, put into whatever money goal I'm working on. And then I can really make progress on that. Mm -hmm. That's so smart. We were doing that. We just recently moved and we got our dream single family forever home. We went from our townhouse to that. But when we were in our townhouse, my husband and I got into the habit of paying a double mortgage every month so that we, so by the time we moved to a, to a bigger home with a bigger mortgage, we were already used to, to paying that. And it surprised me. And I, I shouldn't have been surprised because I'm the one that pays the mortgage. And I was like, wait, babe, like, what do you mean the mortgage? I'm, I'm thinking, okay, how much is our mortgage going up here? We just bought our new home. He's like, no, you can just, we're paying the same amount. And I'm like, we're paying the same amount. What? Cause I'm thinking in my head, what life was like in our little townhouse compared to what life is like now in our, in our nice new home. And it was kind of, it like takes you aback at first, but I was like, wow, what a good habit that was because there was no financial pain or added stress now being in the house and then thinking, oh, I can't get comfortable because this feels uncomfortable financially. It was like, no, it's literally, I'm paying the exact same and, but my quality of life is better because of the shift. So we got into that habit and it helped in so many ways, but you're right. Like if you can, if you can mentally get yourself on that one track and stay there, oh my gosh, it has so many benefits. Well, that is an awesome story. I love that, you know, having you pay, first of all, all that equity that you had in that Mm -hmm. house to bring over to the new one, but then just that habit. And I think another thing that's really helpful for me, in fact, I did one year, I just felt like I couldn't save any money because I was, you know, everything was going towards school and all of that. And so I actually tracked what I saved, every single dollar I put into savings, even if it was for the car insurance due in six months, uh, even if it was for Christmas. And every single dollar I tracked, I, you know, I colored in a picture at the end of the month and I made it really visual. And over the course of the year, I ended up saving well over $19,000. And so that really changed my mindset that yes, I am a saver. I am, I can save money. So I would encourage you guys to track your progress towards that one goal, um, towards, you know, whatever you're working on and just be intentional about it every month to try and find extra ways you can cut your expenses. And also if there's any ways that you can bring in extra money as just a little bit of extra money from a side hustle or a part-time job makes such a huge difference in just really getting that momentum going. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned side hustles because I know a lot of Thrive listeners are multi-passionate ladies like myself, many of whom might have a side hustle or might have a regular income like you and I. So what advice do you have for folks who are in that position of sort of balancing multiple income streams or trying to plan around paychecks that aren't this regular, bi-weekly, same amount, same place kind of thing? Well, I have lots of experience on that. Uh, (laughs) The biggest thing is I love this prioritized budget. 
it works so well for an irregular income, especially. Uh, it also works for regular incomes too. But so I would start with that. And the second thing is look over your last year. How much income did you come in? Now I told you like my income swings. So in the summer it goes down. Uh, a month over Christmas it goes down because I interpret in the you know colleges and so that's really it's semester based. And so look at your lowest income generating month. What is that number? Base your regular budget on that number because if it's extra, I mean, well, that's always a good day, right? <laughs> but when it dips, you're never going to be below that amount. Your expenses are within the lowest amount. So that's the best thing to do. And then have an intentional plan. So, okay, if I'm saving money towards, you know, this another car and, you know, I need to have certain amount to save for it each month. So maybe I can't do it on the lowest months, but I can do it on the higher months and really just throw that money at that goal and make a huge progress when you have an irregular income. I think you can especially if you're self-employed or you have your own side hustle, you're kind of in control. It's a great way to give yourself raises mm -hmm. because you are in control of how much you want to work, how smart you want to work, and you can really bring in more income. And I love that about an irregular income, but I want you to just really be conscious of, okay, so when we have a high month, this is where people get in trouble. Like, finally I can spend and, but be intentional. Okay, so have a percentage above your normal limit that you set aside for doing something fun. Have a percentage to go into paying down debt or saving money. And I always like to have a little bit of savings set up so that I could, if I got really low for some reason, you know, had a really bad month that I had enough money and savings to kind of even that out. That's so smart. And I, that makes me think of my parents growing up always taught me live below your means. So you never want to be house poor or never just be literally indebted to some big expense. So as long as you are living below what you think you are, what you think you could, you'll always be comfortable. And then you'll always have that little buffer space. Mm -hmm. where you're never like, oh gosh, I'm going to lose something <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or like you're in a panic situation. So that's always checked out for us. <laughs> yep. A little margin goes, goes a, a long, long way, way. Yep. in your peace of mind. And also in, I mean, life happens, mm -hmm. right? To all of us. So if you have a little bit of a buffer, if you have a little bit of a margin, you can absorb that and it's not this crisis, which again, brings more stress, right? And then you mm -hmm. have to try and deal with it. So try and plan for as much as you can and try and just having that lower income that you set your budget on within a regular income, that's been the best thing. Can help you go from surviving to thriving, literally and also mentally, so mm -hmm. that you avoid the breakdowns. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So awesome. Carissa, in closing out, I want to ask you two questions that I ask all guests who come on the Thrive Podcast. And that is, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your own everyday life? I love the word thrive. Uh, thriving to me means just being able to live out my full purpose and doing it with joy, 
uh, with contentment and just really being able to use my gifts and abilities to help other people. I love Help that. my family, help other people. That's awesome. And how do I thrive in my daily life? I uh, spend a lot of time every morning. I'm outside drinking my tea in my garden, reading my Bible. And that's one of the biggest things. But relationships, uh, making time to rest and just getting rid of the pressure of having to do it all and do it all today. Uh, those are things that really help me thrive on a daily basis. That's awesome. And now I'm itching to grab some sweet tea and go sit outside with my Bible because that sounds glorious. <laughs> I love it. So tell us where people can find you online. I know changeyourfinances.com slash thrive podcast is where everyone's wonderful free gift awaits. So make sure everyone go head over there and print out your guide ASAP. But where else can people find you online if they would like to connect with you further? Well, I'm at changeyourfinances.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, also Change Your Finances, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> and so those are places you can find me. And if you have a question, because uh, I know money can be stressful and intimidating for a lot of people, reach out to me by email or direct message. I really do love helping, connecting with you, and then also helping you move from being stressed out and scared about money to thriving with it because it is possible and it is completely doable for everyone to do. And can I share one more thing? Absolutely. So one of the proudest moments of my entire life, I'm sitting there in the crowded stands, air horns are blowing. My husband's walking across that stage in this cap and gown, completely debt free. I'm so proud of him. We're making it through school, but then proud of us because along the way we were able to pay off all our debt. We were able to save up and pay all that money for ca in cash. And I also overcame my fear of money and the stress that I felt about money to handling it with confidence and peace of mind. And I wanted to let you know that that is not just for me. I'm not just some special person, you know, but it can actually happen for you too. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.